welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the School of Last podcast. Rick Roberts here. Today I've got an interview with former student Mike James. Uh, Mike had been doing comedy for a couple of years when I met him back in the uh, mid-2000s and popped in, took a writing class, kind of helped him clean some things up as far as technique and uh, editing and that kind of things. Uh, I've been keeping tabs on Mike for a while. He's always out on the road doing things. He opens a lot for a couple of different Headliners, uh, you may know, uh, Ralphie May and Lonnie Love. Mike's a go-to opener for them because he does such a good job. And uh, you may have seen him already if you've seen those two performers. So we're going to talk to him in just a minute. It's going to be a great time, uh, cover a lot of ground in that interview. also wanted to remind you really quickly that I've got my show April 9th in Columbus, Indiana. It's an open-to-the-public show at the Simmons Winery. Uh, check out SimmonsWinery.com if you want to find out more information. Grab the phone number off that site. Call them up and get some tickets. There's going to be a meal, a big dinner, and I've had food there before. I actually did an event out there in December, and their food is phenomenal. So even if I'm average, you can have a great night just because of the food. Let's put it that way. Make sure you check that out if you're in that southern Indiana area. Cool. Let's do a quick answer for a question that was emailed in from one of our listeners, and then we'll get into Mike James. Today's email question comes in from Dylan Perkins. Dylan sent this in to us at schooloflast at gmail.com. He says, if you try out a joke the first time and it kills, should you not tell it quite so much after that to save it for a higher profile performance or get as many laughs as you can out of it? Hey, that's an interesting question. You know, first off, congratulations if you get a joke out the very first time and it kills. What I would do is definitely try it several more times to make sure it wasn't a fluke. I've had jokes that killed the first time and then never got a response again after that, and I had to take them and and work on them. Uh, So I would do that to make sure it's a consistent joke before I'd set it aside for a higher profile performance. And by that, I guess you're asking, should I save it for like a showcase set at a club or something like that, or maybe a paid gig? I definitely would at some point If you've got a joke and you're hitting the open mics and it gets a solid laugh every single time, you've done it 15, 20 times, you know that joke works. I would take that and set it aside and free up the space that you're telling that joke in your set for some new material. I would also record it with video if I could or definitely at least with audio before I set it to the side so I know exactly the phrasing and the timing and the style I delivered that joke in to make it work so well so that when I came back to it later on, I knew exactly what was there and I can pick up where I left off. Great question, Dylan. Thanks for sending that in. Today I've got Mike James with me. How's it going, Mike? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me. And Mike's got a special guest on his lap, little two-year-old Alicia. How's it going, Alicia? Good. You doing good? Got some crackers? <laughs> Have a snack time? <laughs> hey, Mike is a guy that uh, I met, wait, it seems like it's been about 10 years ago no, or so. Yeah. And uh, he'd been doing stand-up a little while before he jumped in and took my writing class to kind of tighten things up, I think, yeah. is the way you put it back then. Yeah, it helped out a lot. I was, yeah, it definitely. I, anybody that, that's starting out, I would suggest they take that class. Thank you, Great man. Class. And how long have you been doing it? For a year or two before you took the class? About about a year or two, yeah. Just hitting some open mics around town? Yeah, um... I had done Zanies a couple of times. The the they had a showcase there, so, um, but I needed something else, and that 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 helped a lot. So it is kind of good to know the techniques and stuff, and the, yeah, how to tighten, really tighten it up. Like, what was the most important thing for you? Um, it helped with, a lot with the writing. Um, the way I, I, I think I was getting in my way a lot when I was writing, 
uh, and I still do um, to an extent, but it definitely helped out a lot on that, that end. And do you remember anybody else that was in the class with you at that time? Uh, I do know a, a guy. He moved to uh, Kentucky. Uh, he's still doing it. I can't remember his name, but he's still doing it. I see him on uh, Facebook from time to time. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and there was another guy I remember. It was like from Alabama. Was it Jason Steinhauser or one of those guys? Cause there was two or three Alabama guys yeah. at one time. I don't know, but I, I do remember it was a, a guy from that was driving from Alabama, which is a credit to you. So you started a while back, and now I, I see all the time you, you've got a, a pretty good thing going where it seems like you're opening up for a, a couple of pretty big names pretty yeah. consistently, aren't you? Yeah, um, I've, I've been blessed enough to have some people take me along with them. Um, Lonnie Love, uh, Ralphie May. I was doing a couple things with uh, Rodman, mm-hmm. uh, won uh, Last Comic Standing. So uh, I've, I've been blessed. I'm, I'm kind of ready to, you know, move up. Start doing your own yeah, thing. Yeah, start and... doing my own thing because, um, you know, it, it's it's good uh, to learn from them. Um, but eventually you kind of have to branch out and do your own thing. Yeah, but what a great way to get a lot of exposure oh, now, oh, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. It's, it's uh, you know, this, this past weekend I was with Ralphie. Uh, we did Chicago. I think it was like 2,400 people. Mm-hmm. Um, 2100 in, in Battle Creek, Michigan. So it was, it was a great weekend. That's pretty cool. And, and did those relationships just come out of you at Zaney's hosting forum yes. and saying, hey, yeah. did you say like, hey, if you ever need somebody somewhere, well, um, let me know? Or I know with, with, with Lonnie, um, I saw this. I was doing a, uh, I was trying to, I was traveling around doing any kind of open mics I could find. Um, and I stopped at the, uh, the Funny Bone in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to, get on somewhere i saw she was going to be there so i i uh messaged her on facebook but she didn't respond to and that's okay i didn't expect her to but then she came to nashville and she told me she was bringing somebody with her but i could do a guest spot and from that guest spot it just kind of uh grew into a friendship and working relationship it's been it's been going good probably about two two and a half years now that's pretty good yeah and then ralphie i know you probably open for him in nashville since he's around here yeah um actually i think the um we were doing something i think i was doing it with his uh at the time his wife uh, lana Mm -hmm. and uh he stopped in to do a, a guest set and then the next thing i know uh the owner of zany's called me to do a uh to go with him to to uh, uh, Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Was it the Bijou Theater? Yeah. That was my first theater. I was so scared, man. That was like, <laughs> Were you? Yeah, it was like 1,700 people. I had never done a crowd that big, but it, it went good. And, um, you know, we've been going ever since. How long was that set when you opened down there in that theater for the first time? Like 15 uh, minutes or longer? It's probably like, I think it was 25 minutes because it's, when, when it's Ralphie, because he has so much material. Yeah, he could do eight hours. Yeah. Um, so he'll do two hours. So the, he just has a, a feature opener, mm-hmm. and that's that's how it goes. And that what was the biggest difference for you in the theater versus the clubs? I can know some for me, but oh, yeah. when you get um, up there, how does it affect your timing? Timing is, is, is way different. I actually, it's funny, because um, it's a guy in, uh, in Philly. Actually, is the one that got Kevin Hart started. This guy named Two Ray Gordon, very funny comedian, and um, he. I called him that morning, asked him what's the difference with theaters, and he he left me a, a, a good voicemail. Um, timing is different because you kind of have to allow your jokes to hit. Mm-hmm. 
the and and for it to get back to you so you don't want to step on your jokes while they're laughing um you know you some if the lighting is right you can't really see anybody is maybe the front row right that can uh, be a little intimidating oh yeah, especially if somebody's in the back yelling you can't <laughs> yeah. yeah you just yell out a generic uh whatever but it's it's uh i mean it's, it's some differences but it's when you get a big laugh that's a it builds your confidence more because it, it really it really comes at you so um it's fine but you definitely need the clubs though Clubs keep you sharp. Yeah, clubs kind of like the gym to oh, yeah. work out in, you know, yeah. and get paid too. For the big game. But yeah, to keep it really tight. Yeah. And so do you have any, like, because you go back and forth between theaters and clubs quite mm-hmm. a bit. When you step back in a club, do you find yourself changing the pace and picking it up a little bit because they're so close? Uh, Yeah, uh, I kind of, I know with, with I, I pick up the pace, but at the same time, I'm, I'm more laid back in the club. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I feel more comfortable mm-hmm. or it's not as, is not such a large group. I, when I, when I'm doing theaters, I kind of have to, I have to be more animated, a little louder, um, just to, just for everybody to see me. And do you find a difference between Ralphie's crowds and Lonnie's crowds as far as how you get it, take oh, yeah. the stage and take command? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ralphie's crowds can be uh, can be more rowdy uh-huh. at times. Uh, some you know some they're usually drinking. Um, depending on if we're at a club, you know if it's the late show, then you really have to kind of step on the pedal. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not gonna wait around for you. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So yeah, it's but it's, it's um, you know once you start doing it a while, you start learning how to read the crowds. I, I like to go out before the shows. And just look at the crowd and just kind of feel that energy, see what kind of crowd we have to work with. Now, they get smart. You know, before the show, they don't know who you are. So you can yeah. literally walk down the aisle and back and kind of they don't know. check them out. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, they have no clue, especially me. They don't have any idea. They usually think I'm working there. <laughs> yeah. Can you get me better seat? Yeah, I'm uh, like, I, I got a seat backstage, yeah. but I'm in it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And yeah. so with Lonnie, is it uh, just an opener, just you and then some, and somebody else, or is it? Yeah, with me and Lon- well, we've done both. Uh-huh. Um, it just depends on wh- where we're at. Um, I guess some- a club would be more like a three act and a yeah. theater just two. Yeah, but we've we've had times where we had to at the clubs where we had to do just me and her. Um, but um, for the most part, it's usually an uh, opener. She likes to she likes to uh, have somebody local there mm-hmm. to open up because she wants to give everybody a chance. And usually, like when we're in the city, if I know someone, I know a comedian in that city, she'll usually have them do a guest spot just to get them some time. That's great. And yeah. you get a little extra exposure for mm-hmm. your buddies and oh, yeah. let her see some new folks. Mm-hmm. That's good that you're kind of sharing the, sharing the stage and not just well, like... Yeah, because I've, I've seen the other side of it when I was trying to get in and people... Certain people weren't. Uh, they didn't want to because I I don't know why, but some sometimes they they feel like uh, there's not enough room for everybody. And the other comics, yeah, and uh, which is ridiculous to me because you know you make room. Uh, somebody told me you work yourself out of job and you'll get a better job. Yeah, you know I think it, it, there's that mindset thing where some people have a mindset of scarcity and yeah. some have a mindset of abundance. Uh-huh. And so you're from a mindset of abundance where there's plenty of stage time oh, for yeah. funny people. And yeah. people that are just barely getting by, they've got that scarcity thing where I can't let somebody else get in front of me because yeah. it's going to push me out. And I, I don't, I don't, it's like, it's, you know, it'll come back to you. Yeah. And uh, if, 
That's how I feel. Yeah, and if you're doing your thing 100% you, then you're really not competing with anybody exactly. else but you. Exactly. I think it's a hard thing for, especially new comics, to get, you know, if they're in their town, they see that there's only kind of room for one or two new openers at the club that year, you know. Yeah. There's not a lot of space. They, uh, they don't, they don't want to share it. Yeah. And uh, I know I've, I've, uh, I've just kind of changed my whole way of thinking because I know, like, doing comedy can kind of, Jade, it kind of get you jaded mm-hmm. towards the, the the industry, and um, you know, for a while I was kind of like that, just kind of bothered by other comedians and clubs and club owners, and just kind of now I'm just kind of like I I don't have any control over, it, so what I can't control is just trying to be the best comedian I can be. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that's a smart thing to come to because a lot of guys can hold grudges against people and I, I know when, even when I was trying to come up through the clubs there was there was a couple I just could not get into yeah. but like I, I would still call them every time I was supposed to call mm-hmm. them yeah. just to, and then it got to the point where I'm just going to bug you because you're, you're bugging me <laughs> you know and then the, it's funny like with a couple of them uh, I stopped bugging them like a year later they just called me and like hey you want to work New Year's Eve I'm like right. well, I, I couldn't even get in I couldn't even MC the club the seven years I've been trying so weird so it's just weird how it flips around, but you can't control any of that stuff. Oh no, no. It's, it's, I mean, once you once you learn that, I think it's easier to accept it. But you know, you starting off, I think you're so focused on um, being funny and trying to let everybody see how funny you are that you really don't. I mean, the business side of it, you don't know. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's another thing that you know. I know you teach. So that that's that that helps out a lot. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can take it. There's only one you. You know, you got to yeah. make the most out of your opportunities. What are some things that you're looking to do? You know, in the next couple of years that you haven't done yet. I know you've you've recorded a CD and a DVD. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm looking to do now is uh, TV. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to uh, I did an audition for uh, Live at Gotham. Um, uh, let me let me go back. I did an audition to audition. For live at Gotham, so um, so I got the audition now. I, I have to do that. Um, Is that coming up pretty soon? Hopefully, they he, we're trying to. I have to go up there next week mm-hmm. um, to West Nyack. So hopefully, they're trying to schedule it where I can come in early and do it, or leave late and do it. So if they we can do that, that'll that'll work out perfect. Yeah. Are you going to be up there working with one of those other comics? Uh, Lonnie. Oh, that's yeah, great. We'll be at uh, Levity Live. Cool, man. Yeah. What are some of the cooler clubs that you've been to with either? Uh, I guess Rafi doesn't pop into too many clubs at all, but. Well, we've done some clubs. I've done some. Uh, I think the best club, uh, the funnest uh, probably was the uh, Improv in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. I love that club, man. It's, it's just just the, the whole the area of it, it, it being at the casino, the Hard Rock right. Casino. Right, yeah, I've done it. Christopher Titus down there, and that's a yeah. that's a it's a pretty tight room. I mean, it's not oh, yeah. it's not huge. A lot of the improvs have gotten kind of too big, I mm-hmm. think. But that room still feels like the old kind of comedy club yeah. where they're right with you, love it, right on top of you. DC Improv, I like that. Um, as low ceilings, mm-hmm. like because it's on the on the, uh, the bottom floor. And I mean, when I'm on stage, like I can look up and touch the. If I stand on my tippy toes, I'll touch the ceiling with my head. But that's perfect. That's ideal for comedy because it keeps that energy in there. Yeah. It bounces all around. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, great club. I love that club. Go Bananas in Cincinnati is a club like that. I've never done it. That's Yeah, that's a fun club. And uh, it's it's been around for so long that it was it was built the right way. Mm. Like comedy clubs had those low ceilings, tile floors yeah. and stuff, so the sound bounces all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, any any clubs or spots where it's just tough? Like you, 
like you got done with the week, like, man, I've got to figure out a way to make this better next time around? Uh, I don't know if it was tough as, as much as it was just like, I, I don't know. Uh, I did a club um, in Columbia, South Carolina called uh, the Comedy House. Mm-hmm. Comedy House Theater. Um, yeah. Um, it took me a while to figure out that crowd. Um, it took me like to, uh, we started on Thursday. I figured them out maybe Saturday. Yeah. And we had, you know, the Sunday show. So, but now I know what to do. Coming in, you, you can't, you can't uh, ease into your set with them. You kind of, you just got to smack them in the mouth as soon as you start. And that's what they like, so. And then we're going to have different, different places that oh, need yeah. a different thing, huh? It was so weird. Yeah. How, how about have you played at the Stardome down in Birmingham? I have. What's, you know, when I was talking to Monty Mitchell, he's like, that first time through, man, it took it me did. a long time to figure it out. It and did. same for me and almost everybody I've ever talked to. Yeah, I um, I did it one time and uh, I was just, and I, and you know, that <laughs> the funny thing is uh, when you start in comedy, you think you know it all. Uh-huh. You start out, you're like, you know, I, I just had a great set. You don't realize that you can have a good show and a bad show on the same night. Right, right. So, <laughs> so it's like it changes from show to show. So I had a, I was having a string of good shows, and I went into the Star Dome thinking I'm just going to destroy. It was so tough. It just, I don't think I bombed, but it felt <laughs> I was like close. It, huh? Yeah. Um, but the next time down, I went with Ralphie, and so I, I understood what to do. Mm-hmm. It's much better, much better. Which, um, which clubs or places you go do you tend to sell the most merchandise? Do you have a, a favorite spot for that? Uh, for merch, I went to uh, Dallas. They was they. I sold a ton in Dallas. Um, Fort Lauderdale too. Uh-huh. They bought a lot. Uh, yeah, those were. Those you have T-shirts too, or just a CD and no, DVD? No, I'm I'm, more, I'm a come out with some t-shirts i have the i already have the the idea for the shirt uh-huh. i just need to put it on yeah so. before you leave I, I got some t-shirt people in town i can oh, yeah. let you know you know absolutely at least call them up and see see what your rate would be but cool. yeah, yeah t-shirts that. t-shirts sell you know some cities it sells like crazy yeah. what i found from being on the road was if it's a blue collar town where they can actually some of these guys can wear the shirt to work the next day oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. so for them spending 15 or 20 bucks on a shirt it's not like they're just throwing the money away it's something they can wear and get a laugh right you know but when you go sometimes more into the city they're not gonna be wearing the shirts yeah. as much and uh your other stuff will sell yeah how is how have the cds and dvds now is the cd the audio from your dvd yes is that how you did it mm-hmm. that oh, your- it's been it's been great um more dvd sales um, but it's, it's, they, uh, they really, they really buy it, especially we, when you do a, a real good job. I've had some people buy two DVDs just, just to support. Isn't that cool? Just, yeah. It's like a way to tip you on the way yeah. out, kind of. Yeah. And plus you're probably only doing, like you said, 20, 25 minutes in front of Ralphie and some of these other right. folks. So your DVD is a full length show. Mm-hmm. And where'd you record that one at? At Zanies. At Zanies. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, we, uh, got it on a Wednesday night, packed it out one, it was like 2012, I think, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a really good crowd. Uh, actually had Monty, uh, on the show with Oh, me. good. Yeah. Yeah, Monty did it for me, and we had fun. That's cool. You got lucky having just one show to, to oh, get yeah. it all. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? I probably, I mean, I, if I would I had, it, it was some, uh, some good guys I had shooting a DVD. It was like, uh, they had like five cameras set up, so they did a good job, and, Made it, made it real professional. Yeah, and, you know, and that was 2012. So you've been doing it for a while. So mm-hmm. 
so you saw the the value of investing in yourself. Where I think a lot of comics, yeah. when they see what it can cost to record a DVD, they get intimidated. Yeah. But, you know, once you get that thing, you've got the, not only the the merchandise, but you got the clips to show that you're solid. You know, five camera shoot shows you're professional. Yeah, it pays for itself. Yeah, it does. So. Doesn't take too long. No, not at all. Especially and, if you're on the road as much as you are. Yeah, trying to trying to do it more, but you know, I you know with t- two young kids. It's kind of hard to to leave them, so I mean, it is tricky. Twice a month, maybe I try to try to keep it at twice a month, mm-hmm. um, going out of town. And if we do it like that, I think it's I think it, it keeps me kind of balanced. And when you go out for those two times a month, three, two or three nights in a row. Well, the two I, times a month are usually like the the weekend shows, uh-huh. the Thursday through. Sunday. I know Lonnie. We we never do more than five shows with Lonnie. Um, now Ralphie, sometimes it can be a week, uh-huh. um, sometimes three or four days. Right. Just, it, it just varies with him cause he's, that's all he does. And do you ride the bus with him or yeah. how does that work? We'll ride the bus. Um, or sometimes we'll have to fly, mm-hmm. but, um, for the most part, it's, it's usually on the bus. You fit in a bunk on that bus? Oh yeah. Barely, <laughs> barely but you know what is, is, is just comfortable enough for me. It's perfect. It's kind of nice to eliminate that part of the... No worries. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, taking that out to budget for travel. Right. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's great. And you get time to think and write and do oh, whatever yeah. you want as yeah. opposed to being behind the wheel. It's so, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's fun. But sometimes I do like that, um, being on the road, driving and just clearing my mind, being to myself. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, I, sometimes my parents live in Lexington, Kentucky, and that's like three hours and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's like a perfect drive. Oh, yeah. Because you can decompress the first hour. I usually bring some other podcasts and stuff to listen to or some interviews and mm-hmm. whatever that I don't have time with the two kids around the house to listen oh, to. Right, because this is I'm, – I'm never by myself. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> like never. I, I, I go to the bathroom. They come in there. I know. <laughs> Privacy's out the window, <laughs> no, man. No, no, no. Um, you know what? That's another club I like in Lexington, uh, Comedy Off Broadway. Yeah. That's a nice club. You know what I like about them? They've trained their audience to expect good quality mm-hmm. comedy. Like, they don't have any off weeks where they're throwing just anybody no. in there. Yeah, I love I love that. You know, you can go look at the schedule. It's always a good schedule. Yeah, really solid acts. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Now, you got Alicia, and who else? What's, how old uh, Michael is your son? the third. He's five. He's five. So, yeah. five and two. Yeah. So, five, he's in kindergarten. Yep. Yep, he's in kindergarten, and uh, which is a whole nother thing to deal with. And, yeah, uh, but he's he's really smart. He, you know, he can read and much smarter than I was at that age. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. or now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's working the contracts for you, answering yeah. the phone. My my three year old girl is going to be my agent one day, my negotiator, because yeah. I mean she. She'll start off, can I get uh, five suckers? No. Can I get four? One. <laughs> she get down to one. Somehow she gets back to three. And I'm like, okay, here's three suckers. Like, she finds a way. Don't they work it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. My son, he knows uh, the way to get what he wants is just to confuse me. If he's, oh, yeah? Yeah. If I get confused, I'll just give up and say, just just get what you want. <laughs> so he's real good at that. And have you seen Sparks in either of those two as, like, as performers or funny well, my son people? Said he, 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 it was funny. he just said it yesterday. He said he wants to grow up to be a comedian, which I'm trying to discourage him. Not I know. Like, like, <laughs> no, do something else. It's something a little more easy. But, uh, yeah, he, he says he wants to be a comedian. And I have no idea what this one will be. 
Whatever she wants, I know yeah, that much. <laughs> definitely, a little princess or something. Have you ever seen your kids kind of emulate you uh, around the house? Like I remember one time my son, when he was probably two, he had like a little Thomas the Train suitcase on rollers, you know? Oh, that's funny. And he was, he was just walking back and forth across the room one day. I said, what are you doing, <laughs> buddy? He goes, got to go do a show, Papa. Got to go do a show. <laughs> no, um, she, they don't. I know he, uh, he likes to, um, he has a little microphone where he took from me. And he, he'll use that and say he's a comedian. But one time he did come with me with, to a writer's meeting. Uh-huh. And he got on stage and I don't know. He just wanted to talk. Um she she just emulates my wife. Is that right? Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> Trick <laughs> I mean, question. Just, yeah, yeah, I have to say yes. <laughs> she will hear this. Um no, she'll she she likes to carry a purse and walk around like she's her. That's funny. Did you meet your wife uh doing comedy or before comedy? Before comedy. Yeah. Um and what did you do before? Uh I was in school mm-hmm. playing basketball. Um and uh I was at just kind of at that that point. Well, I just left school and started um, started working, um, and just kind of felt the that void of something was missing. Uh-huh. Um, I knew I always wanted to try stand up, but I never thought I would because I'm you know I was a shy person, right? Um, so I never thought I would be able to to deal with it or or the possibility of getting booed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which which happens. Yeah, um, I didn't think I could deal with that, so I didn't. I was just, it just took me a while from the point when I said I wanted to do stand up. Took me two years to even try it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And where was your first night up? Was it at Zany's back in the open mic days? Or? No, you remember the bar car? Yeah, yeah, that was the first place I went to the bar car. The bar car in Cummins Station. Uh huh. Yeah, I, that that place went on for a while. Oh yeah, it took a while to kill that uh-huh. one. Uh huh. But I, I remember, had, I met a lot of people there. Yeah, I remember being a little intimidated the first time I went in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, there was like, I was new to tennis, you know, Nashville, uh-huh. and they're like, "Hey, you ought to go do this this gig." You know, it was like Monday nights or Tuesday nights mm-hmm, or something. Tuesday night. And I went in there, and there was like forty comics signed up or something. Oh, yeah. It was a huge list. Yeah, so and they're like, "You can go on next to last." I'm like, "Man, I, don't, <laughs> I might be asleep by then. I'm an early to bed guy." Uh, but you got up and yeah. Well, the reason I did it because. Um, I said, okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do comedy. So uh, back then, Zanies had a um, a once a month showcase, uh-huh. and uh, you would have to call and talk to. Uh, remember Ron? Yeah, you had to call and talk to him, and he would say, you know, how long have you been doing comedy? Blah blah blah. Yeah, that was you just had to call on the third Monday at twelve o'clock. Yeah, very specific. Yeah, and I would I remember the first time I called at twelve, and um, he said we're full. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so the second time I called, he was like, okay, uh, have you ever done stand-up before? And of course I said, yeah, yeah, I've done it all the time. Done about a year. He was like, all right, well, bring four people, blah, blah, blah. And I was so scared. Um, I called up my friend, uh, Renard Hirsch. Mm-hmm. He's the one that got me started. He's a great comic. And uh, he took me down to the bar car. First week told me to watch. You know, and then the second week I... It was a Tuesday. I was supposed to go to Zany's that Sunday, so I had to go up and try out something. And uh, you know, first time, you, you know, you do you do your best. Yeah, get a little mixed mixed results. Yeah, um, but I, I I did feel that at home feeling when I hit the stage. So I was like, okay, let me let me let me do this. And then that Sunday was 
at Zany's. That was great. It was a great show. Was it like a three-minute set at Zany's or pretty short there? Then or? I had five. Five. Which was probably way too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way, way too much now. I look back at that. But that's funny how that's, that is. The time, like back then, it's like three minutes. It's like, oh, my God, how am I going to feel three minutes? Yeah. But now it's three minutes. You, you It's just one joke. It, yeah. Yeah. It's all it set up. Yeah, three can be tricky. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of those auditions and showcases are three minutes. And you're like, you know, some of those, like America's Got Talent, it's 90 yeah. seconds. Yeah. It's so you got to find a way to get in there and get out. It's real rough. And and, and show who you are mm-hmm. in that time frame. I know that's a it's a big thing in most auditions. I know they they want to see who you are. Yeah, they'll look at that almost more than material yeah. sometimes to see if you're a personality that's different. And yeah, you, something. Yeah, because if you don't know who you are, it's going to be hard for them to yeah. to develop you. I'm trying to think who who told me that. Somebody told me, uh, I don't know. Oh, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, I opened for her, and she was like, you know, you're funny, but nobody's going to remember you because you're just telling jokes. You got to find a way to tell, explain who you are in your jokes. So it's uh, pretty solid advice. That was great. I mean, it's Rosie O'Donnell. I'm gonna say she's wrong. All right. Um, so I kind of took that and started including that in in my act. Yeah, putting yourself in every joke. Yeah. That's something I've been really talking about lately with a bunch of my students. Is you know you can you can joke about anything. You can joke about the news, the election, whatever. And it, the joke can be funny, but if you didn't put yourself in there, then there's almost no reason to tell it. Right. So you know. Ha- and by putting yourself in the joke, it's, you know, imagining yourself as a presidential candidate, mm-hmm. imagine yourself as the tie-breaking voter or, uh, you know, a spouse of one of the candidates, uh, any of those things puts you in a different dynamic. And, mm-hmm. and in that spot, you have a different perspective and oh, you can yeah. say different things than just your straight out opinion. Yeah. And it, it just kind of, it, it makes the, the, the audience feel like they know you mm-hmm. um, or that you're, you're worth remembering. Because really, I mean, you know. For a while, the only thing I was getting, you you were real funny. Um, what, what was your name again? Yeah. Or people would people would uh, tell whoever I was opening for. That guy was, before you was real funny. What was his name? Nobody will remember your name. Yeah. Do you have any, this is one little trick, is have a couple of jokes where you say your name in it. Well, I don't, I don't, I, I probably should. It doesn't do hurt. Yeah. You know? I'd usually tell people up front my name and then. Uh, somewhere else. Um, actually, uh, I say Mike, but I don't say my full name. Yeah. I probably should say that. Hey, it wouldn't hurt. I've yeah. got a couple where my, you know, my parents call me on the phone. They they use my full name that way. People have, you know. Oh, that's fine. So it's just like one way to kind of, but yeah. and, and it's true because your parents always call you your whole name, right? But it's one way for them to remember my name as things are going forward, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, it is all about standing out in the in the long run and defining your point of view so that people can really identify with you. I had John Christ in here. He's a comic. and Oh, yeah, I work with him. You know John? Yeah, he's a Christian. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about there's there's really two kinds of comics. Comics you walk up to us and go, hey, man, good job. And other comics you walk up and you want to hug them. Right. And being that huggable comic, is are those are the comics people are coming back to exactly. see because they felt that connection. That builds Where it's just a high five base. or nice job isn't. Right. You know, you entertain, but you didn't connect. Exactly. And so yeah. that's, you know, you got to get your get yourself nice running for a while. At. That's a nice way to look at it. Yeah, yeah be the huggable comic. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a better way than saying that. But, but, <laughs> Connectable. Yeah, because connecting is a whole other thing, and, and they want to find out when you're coming back and mm-hmm. what you're up to and developments. And, you know, it's easy to friend somebody on Facebook, but if somebody really wants to follow you, you know, get them on your mailing list and that kind of thing yeah. is a whole different level. And uh, definitely the way you want to go with that. Well, that's cool, man. Um, 
any gigs coming up anytime soon in Nashville? I know. Uh, I know tomorrow I'm I'm doing the um, uh, Perfect Timing mm-hmm. that game show uh, Ben Sawyer uh, put put together. Um, so I'll be doing some time before that, and then actually doing the game show. Um, I'm not sure if I'm working there this weekend or not, but. I always post it whenever I'm there. Yeah, what's the easiest place for people to find you? Uh, probably Facebook right now. Uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. If you go to Facebook, it's uh, under Mike James. Uh, usually if you put in Mike James Nashville, I pop right up. Instagram, Twitter, uh, it'll be at uh, Third Pick Comedy. That's 3-R-D-P-I-C-K Comedy. And let me ask you about that, too, because yeah, I see the hashtag a lot. And I, I meant to even lead off with that, yeah. but uh, tell me what that means and why you post that. Um, therapy, that's um, something my friends started calling me um, when I was in, when I was playing basketball, I was fade away. They used to call me that a lot. Um, it all came from Michael Jordan. Uh, a lot of people know he's like the most famous third pick ever. Right. And um, his whole goal uh, when he was picked was to show the world why he should have been picked first. Right. And uh, kind of the approach I take to things um, for, you know, I do, I, I kind of relate to a lot of the underdogs in life, people that felt like they weren't chose, uh, chosen because of they they weren't smart enough, they didn't look good enough, wasn't funny enough, uh, not athletic enough, whatever. Um, that's who I relate to. And, you know, you can show people. You know, you you slept on me, but you shouldn't have. Yeah, no, I like that. And was it was it Sam Bowie that was picked ahead of Michael yeah, Jordan? Yeah, Sam Bowie and uh, Sam Bowie's the number one pick, and he broke his leg right yeah, out of the game. Yeah, he was good. A lot of people. I mean, well, we're as, Kentucky fans, so we know. Right. I mean, but you know, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, yeah. how could you pick <laughs> yeah. him? But I mean, back then, Sam Bowie was that was the guy. The Twin Towers. Yeah. Dinner Bell Mel and oh, Sam Bowie. Yeah, they they were. Amazing, and he could run like like. Uh, but you know, I, Jordan knew. Yeah, and he was like, "You guys shouldn't have picked him over me." Yeah, and he made him pay for it. Oh yeah, many times over. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you search hashtag third pick on Twitter oh, yeah. or Instagram yeah. or anything, uh, Michael pop up pretty quick yeah. on that. Yeah, see the me or Michael Jordan. Yeah, and I won't be mad if you choose Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. As long as you're no little lower than third pick right, behind. Right. <laughs> well, cool, man. It's nice, nice catching up with you today, yeah, Mike. Man, I really appreciate it. Me. And uh, you. you can bring her anytime. I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say you should have been more entertaining, but she's asleep right now. <laughs> she's not <laughs> have that effect. <laughs> she's probably happy to daddy's home and you're oh, hanging yeah. on to her. Yeah. That's yeah. sweet. Well, thanks a lot. Well, there you go. Interview with Mike James. Very funny and humble guy, as you can tell. Enjoyed having him in the studio along with his daughter, who pretty much just knocked herself out there. Ten minutes into the interview, she uh, had enough cookies and crackers, and she was gone. So uh, that was fun. Hey, a quick iTunes review before I let you go today. This came in the other day from Not a Kool-Aid Drinker. It says, uh, Rick, here's a five-star review. My name is Adam, and I just recently started listening to your podcast. I'm looking to start an improv club at my school and was looking for some advice on how to run it effectively. I've been through a lot of crap in my life, and comedy was a way that I healed myself. I'm also happy that you're informing the public about how to be funnier and hope you continue your podcast. If you stop the podcast, then I don't know what I would do with myself. I'd probably get involved with dangerous gangs like the Crips Bloods or the Glee Club. Anyways, thanks, Rick, for going to the trouble of making this podcast and hope you continue going strong. 
Thanks, man. P.S. Advice on the Improv Club would be a great thing for the podcast. You know what? Not a Kool-Aid drinker. I will talk some more improv fairly soon on the podcast. It's a uh, it's a fairly abstract comedy form, but I think we can get some uh, some tangible takeaways from a podcast on that topic soon. So you're in school. That's a great place. You've got a captive group of students that maybe wanted to do something with you on that. And uh, I'll see if I can't tip you off on that. If not an entire podcast, at least uh, a Q&A sometime at the front end of one. Thanks again for sending that podcast review in. If you guys are out there, you listen, you enjoy it, feel free to leave us an iTunes or a Stitcher review, and I'll read it right here on the air. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.